This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Inside Story on BFM 89.9. Good evening, you're with Sharmila Ganesan and Lee Chui Lin. Tonight, why three in five Malaysians are worried that they'll lose their jobs? So first, we speak to the folks behind the survey that revealed this number. And then later on, how does a lack of job security affect the way someone thinks about or plans their life? So tell us, have you ever worried about losing your job? How did that affect you? Call 77332900, tweet us at BFM Radio, send us a voice note or WhatsApp at our mobile number 018-789-8899. This is Inside Story. Is six oh eight, and uh, the uh, the premise of our inside story today comes from a survey done by talent agency Randstad. Uh, so they basically published uh, findings from the Work Monitor Survey twenty twenty three that indicate three in five Malaysians are afraid of losing their jobs. Yeah, so let's just sit with that for a mm. while, right? Because uh, that that's a large number. That's sixty percent, um, and and that's significant. If you talk about things like job security or how people feel about their work currently, uh, the survey also showed that close to three in five Malaysians indicated that they would reject a job offer if it did not come with a formal employment contract from the organisation. Uh, worth, of course, as always, highlighting the numbers behind the survey because this was a. Uh, total of 750 respondents, so uh, not a large group, aged between 18 and 67 years old, uh, all, Malay- all surveyed in Malaysia though. And um, some of the other highlights that came from the survey tie in quite closely, I think, with uh, the, the headline number because employees essentially want to feel secure in their jobs. Um, Even though 80% 80 of Malaysian employees are worried about how the economic uncertainty currently would impact their livelihood, uh, 86% do retain strong confidence in their employers to provide them with that job security. So that notion of security, I think, links um, quite strongly to a number of things. One one which you've already brought up, which is that uh, most people would prefer to be in a job that offers an actual contract because that ties in with security. But um, another aspect that I found interesting was that 65% of the people surveyed said that they wouldn't accept a new job offer if it didn't offer a significant salary increment. Uh, basically, salary actually ranks very highly when it comes to uh, what keeps someone, what moves someone to a job and what keeps someone in that job as well. Um, the survey also shows that instead of holding off career decisions until the economy is stable, People are actively looking for jobs that will sustain their ability to pay for essential services as well as to pursue their desired lifestyle. So, for instance, 38% of Malaysian workers said that they have quit because of low wages. 34% said that they're thinking about resigning so that they can find a better paying job to help with coping uh, with the rising cost of living. So that's for right now. Uh, but looking ahead, people also have worries about that because 80% of the people surveyed said that their financial situation is preventing them from retiring as early as they want. And 39% of the people responding said that they expect to work beyond the uh, current statutory minimum retirement age of 60. And one in three said that they are delaying their retirement uh, to 
kind of mitigate the rising cost of living. All of this also points to certain expectations from the employers. So uh, in the case of retrenchment, 41% of Malaysian employees said that they want an extension of uh, company paid corporate benefits, for instance, things like medical care uh, for a period of time in addition to severance. Uh, And another 26% said that they wanted access to external outplacement services. So um, to go back to what started this whole conversation, the fact that three in five Malaysians are worried about their jobs, about losing their jobs. Um, I think this is very interesting given the current circumstance that we're in as well. And, and you know, a number of those points came up, rising costs of living, uh, an increasing sense of uncertainty post-pandemic about um, whether workplace structures are still the same, whether the same sort of talent and work style is still valued. Um, A lot of people having expectations that maybe don't quite match up to what employers might want. Um, And so I think there's a lot there in terms of um, not just what people feel and, and the security that people want, but what employers are able to do to contend with that. Yeah, so I think for me, what what I find striking is that these aren't terribly surprising numbers. I wish that they were more surprising almost because it would indicate then that people were happier. But mm. the truth is that this is the just the latest confirmation of... Um, I, I, it's, it's not a crisis, but it's a growing confirmation that there is a very specific type of unhappiness that mm. exists among Malaysian employees at the moment. And a lot of that also has to do with uh, essentially whether or not they feel that in both the short and long term that their job is able to support the kind of life that they want. So we are talking about a survey done by Randstad, uh, which indicates three in five Malaysians are worried about losing their jobs. We'd like to hear from you. Have you ever worried about losing your job? How did that affect you? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. After this, we'll be speaking with Fahad Naim, who is Country Director of Randstad Malaysia. So keep it here on Inside Story. BFM 89.9. Bold, fearless Malaysians. BFM 89.9. The Business Station. It is 6.14. You're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila and Lynn. And we're talking about a survey that indicates three in five Malaysians are worried about losing their jobs. This comes from a workplace survey conducted by Randstad. We would like to hear from you. Have you ever worried about losing your job? How did it affect you? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. On the line with us now is Fahad Naim, Country Director at Randstad Malaysia. Fahad, thanks for joining us today. So this year's Work Monitor survey looked at income as well as job security. Why was this particularly relevant given the current economic climate? So Malaysians, um, as you know, they are not just reading local news, but they are also paying attention to international news. So somewhat what global sentiment is, it's somehow eventually you will start seeing people talking about it in Malaysia as well. Now, with the international market has changed so much after pandemic, I would say that uh, people are much more open to kind of learn things and discuss things, not just within Malaysia level, but as a region and global level as well. Uh, As you know, we realize a lot of organizations were quite open for remote hiring and uh, lots of jobs has come to, to Asia as well. 
And um, I see a lot of Malaysians now usually go check uh, in the international market, the skill set they have, the expertise and knowledge they have. What is, What are the other countries they're paying and how can they actually make more income by, you know, with the same expertise and the skills they have? So this is one of the things which we see slightly differently now. Also, at the same time, uh, you hear about a lot of high-profile mergers and business restructuring happening. This also somehow create more sense of fear in, in the workforce. We even hear some of the big organizations, mergings happening in Malaysia as well. Now, with this uh, living cost increasing in Malaysia, uh, which is already we can see that happening after pandemic, many people are now more aware of their income and how much they can spend. Uh, with with uh, the survey that we came up with, it says 65% of Malaysians would not accept jobs if they were not offered a significant salary increase uh, in the in the in the next potential offer, and. Uh, Four out of five in the survey said that they were worried about impact of economic uncertainty on their job security. So when they when they say job security is, uh, it could be international firms, it could be startups which were funded by uh, big organizations. It could be a pause of funding. It could be restructuring from HR, uh, budget cutting, and any of those discussions which has been happening uh, in few industries. So when it comes to income, are you seeing a shift in how employees view salaries and what constitutes a good, reasonable pay? I think uh, salary is still one of the the highest attractive uh, offering that employer can offer. And uh, there's, of course, as much higher demand for skilled worker in the market uh, compared to whatever it used to be, you know, a couple of years ago. Uh, we hear a lot about digital transformation. Uh, a lot of companies are trying to automate their processes. Um, and people, as they're skilling themselves up and they're learning new skill set, there is expectation for higher salaries. And um, people want to get paid for the knowledge they bring in, the skills they have learned. And uh, they are also comparing themselves with uh, international talent, what they're getting paid in other countries, as I mentioned in my uh, previous uh, discussion. So em- employer have a lot more information in their hand uh, because they can search online, uh, can discuss and forum how much they are worth in international market or in other countries. White collar professionals are reaching out to even recruitment agencies. Even we get a lot of uh, you know a senior white collar professionals seeking for help in understanding what is their market value. You know what is the salaries offered by other employers? What are the bon- bonuses practices are? They're with MNCs uh, for for them to to make better decisions for the next step in career progression. Now, as you mentioned there, uh, 65% of respondents said that they wouldn't accept a new job offer if it doesn't provide a significant pay increment. Are there, though, enough employers willing to meet these expectations for higher pay, especially in the face of inflation and higher costs of living? Uh, There are. uh, I think a lot of companies are trying to stay competitive. and uh, But... At the same time, uh, as the inflation is increasing rapidly and uh, living costs is increasing, uh, employers are looking at revising their offerings as well. And uh, some of the big organizations, which they have a pay scale, they have a limitations of how much they can offer. It is a big challenge for them before they start offering an attractive salary, benefit, attractive salaries and benefit. They have to also look at revising their existing pay scale for the for the uh, tenure employee. Voice. And that could be a challenge uh, that it will it will require whole restructuring, 
re-looking at uh, the existing workforce, how you can actually upskill them, also pay them a competitive salary, uh, which is, is, is a big challenge for big organizations. A small, medium-sized organizations are pretty, uh, I would say, flexible. And uh, they, it, it, is, it becomes very, very competitive for bigger employer MNC companies to be offering a competitive salaries and benefit as compared to the small organization and startups. So if salary offers aren't where they could be, are there other things that job seekers could be prioritizing? Um, it, it is, I think, majority uh, are the job seekers or employees are attracted toward the salary, but there is a decent percentage of employees or job seekers will be attracted to be, um, you know, upskilling themselves, uh, employer of offering an opportunity to be learning some new technical skill set. There is a better learning and development program in the organization. There's a very clear career progression planning has been offered by the organization. So all these things plays a part. Um, I think last uh, couple of years, there was a lot of discussions about com- competitive offering. And one of those discussions was coming up a lot about flexibility, remote or hybrid working offering and all that. It, it seems to be now the case is everyone is offering it. So it's more of an expectation now. So as long as the employer can become more a creative in having a balance of decent pay, a good work-life balance, you know, a good learning and development opportunity, career progression planning, then yes, you have a better chance of attracting and retaining your, your employees. So another component of the survey looked at retirement planning. What were some of the key findings in this area? Yeah, when we look at the retirement uh, piece where many people during COVID time, it's just not Malaysia, across global, a lot of people went into this thinking that do I want to be on full-time nine to six, nine to five job, or I should consider having early retirement and, you know, do something else. Uh, But Again, this trend was a starting, and now with this high inflations, living costs is increasing. We are seeing trend of unretirements now. People want to delay their retirements because of economic uncertainty. And I was uh, going through some of the survey which came out last year, and uh, I think there was one from the Straight Time. It says that um, very significant number percentage of Malaysians do not have enough savings for retirement. Uh, that is why that is one of the reason now that. A lot of a lot of people are open to consider employment even after 60. Uh, in the survey, it came out 39% of Malaysians think they have to work beyond statutory minimum retirement age of 60. Uh, and uh, 80% in the report says that the financial position is preventing them from retiring as early as they want. So now uh, this is where it creates a pressure and uh, a lot of people go in making heavy purchases uh, during their life to maintain the lifestyle, maybe buying a house in a city, which uh, is a long-term commitment, you know, expanding family, they keep uh, incurring cost and uh, to sustain that lifestyle. Uh, there are a lot of people are discussing now, how can we delay the retirement and continuously making some uh, potential income in the longer run. With that though, how might delaying retirement impact the dynamics of the job market further down the road? I think for as there's already a shortage glo- um, globally and even in Malaysia for white collar skills worker, although it may be beneficial to keep more people in workforce for longer, just to make sure that we we continuously fill the gap for skilled worker. But it not it's not necessary for companies to be employing people 
on a full time after statutory retirement age. But I think uh, it could be a different approach to it. Uh, companies could even convert these individuals either into a consulting or project-based engagement, or maybe part-time to, to make sure that uh, they're also not have, taking a heavy cost for a longer run. At the same time, uh, you know, individual with high skills and knowledge, they can contribute even on a part-time basis and continuously make some income. Uh, it's a lot of companies, of course, will still prefer to hire young talent to come and learn and grow and take up leadership roles and grow the business. But there is already a shortage in a skills a skilled worker in the market. So you you there is has to be more uh, creative solutions to be having balance for employing people who have a skill set, knowledge, and experience for many years, who are coming close to retirement age. And at the same time, they can also transfer their valuable knowledge, experience, and expertise to the younger generation as well. Now, 34% of the respondents said that they are thinking about resigning so that they can find a better paying job. What are some things to look out for to determine what sets a good employer apart from a great one? Well, uh, great companies uh, are the ones who are continuously investing in employees even during the most difficult time, uh, either through uh, technology to optimize the outcome, you know, being more creative in their learning and development op- offering to optimize the workforce productivity. Uh, there is so much employer can do. And I think, uh, again, one of the major difference between good and great employer is uh, Great employers are continuously working in upscaling their skill force to make sure that they are able to meet up the future demand and how fast the market is changing, how fast the adoption for technology is happening, digital transformation is coming in more discussion uh, with every single organization, regardless it's a tech company or is not a tech company. So all these things plays a huge part in considering which one is a good employer, which one is a great employer. At the same time, I would say that um, even though there are companies laying off retrenching people, there is an expectation uh, that 41% of Malaysians said that they want to have an extension of uh, company paid corporate benefit. And 26% of Malaysians said that they want to have an access to an external outplacement services so they can find a new job quickly. So regardless whether you are keeping them in the business with you to continuously invest in them for, for, for future potential, or there are uncertain times, you know, in any unfortunate situations where there's a retrenchment discussions or layoffs or layoff are happening, employers are playing an active part in helping them securing jobs outside or offering them some extra benefits for them to buy more time in securing employment. So if we go back to the beginning of the survey showing 60% of Malaysians were concerned about losing their job, what would your advice be to those who are feeling the pressure of inflation and higher living costs coupled with job insecurity? First is I think uh, an effective way to increase your pay is to be making sure you're continuously learning, you're investing in yourself. There are a lot of niche skill sets which are definitely paying higher than the other jobs. So if you are continuously investing in yourself, learning, developing, you will be able to cash yourself more or you will be able to get paid much better compensation. Uh, this will include even you can exist in your existing role, existing organizations, there will be people who are much more valued because they bring in different sort of skills and each knowledge. How can you learn and how can you contribute in that area? That will really play as a big part. Also at the same time, for organization, open communication can really help. 
how you're feeling about your salary, how are you feeling about uh, your uh, benefits offering by employer. If there's an open communication between hiring managers, organization, and employees, then you can exactly set the right expectation. What if I'm expecting like a 15%, 10% salary increment instead of you going looking out for a job outside? How about if I ha- if you have an open conversation with your direct manager? What do I need to do in order for me to get a better salary increment? Um, how can I learn a new skill set that I can bring more value? And how can I stick around with the same organizations, but eventually my career progression look better and I eventually can get a better compensation? So instead of uh, employees going looking exploring job outside to get a higher salary they can also feel a little bit more secure that there is within the organization in the future i should be getting a better composition um, on the other hand i think it has to be um, a lot more aggressive initiative from a job seekers or employees now to go and search online courses there's every single thing you can find online you can learn without going signing up for any training institute, going for universities and colleges again. If you're really willing to upskill yourself to learn something niche, which you can bring more value and get better compensation, this is what everyone needs to practice uh, and go search online, learn as much as you can. Fahad, thanks for speaking with us. That was Fahad Naim, Country Director of Randstad Malaysia, uh, weighing in on a survey that they recently did. Uh, among which the findings show three in five Malaysians are afraid of losing their jobs. So we'd like to hear from you. Um, have you been worried about losing your job? But also, what makes you feel more secure in your job? And how do you prepare for a rainy day? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. We'll be back after this for your messages. So keep it here on Inside Story, BFM eighty nine point nine. Before Friday materializes, BFM 89.9. It is 6.37. You're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila and Lynn. And we've been talking about jobs, specifically um, a survey that indicates three in five Malaysians are worried about losing their jobs. So that's what we're talking about. We would like to hear from you as well. Have you ever been worried about losing your job? What would make you feel more secure and how do you prepare for a rainy day? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Uh, we do have uh, some messages. So um, Anon says, "I do." Uh, previously, I was with a U.S. tech company based in Malaysia where they have pretty brutal layoff practices. The constant fear of being laid off contributed partly to my own uh, degradation of mental health. It pushed most of us and even myself to work beyond our own capabilities and often till night and eventually burning out. It's great to be out of it. Oh, I'm, I'm so sorry that you went through that, first of all. Um and and actually this point about a us based uh, sorry a us company based in malaysia is particularly interesting because i think often when we go into jobs we are not aware that different practices or different policies can apply, um, different methods of protection for employees, for instance. And it can be quite a shock, I think, to realize that um, things are really not as easy as you thought they would be. Uh, yeah, I, that's very true. And Actually, I think that that also speaks to exactly the point that we were trying to to raise and get at, especially later on in the show, um, the issue of how it affects your mental health. Because the thing is that it's one thing if your job is stressful. Uh, 
but it's another thing if your job is stressful because you aren't certain about whether you will even have the stressful job tomorrow or when it is that the axe might fall. So, um, yeah, I think that that's a very real worry. Um, we do um, uh, we are getting more messages that are just about coming in uh, do keep them coming uh, once again that question that we are asking you is uh, have you been worried about losing your job what makes you feel more secure how do you prepare for a rainy day you can call double seven double three two nine hundred. send us a voice note or whatsapp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. tweet us at BFM radio BFM 89.9 become fabulous millionaires BFM 89.9. It is 6.46. You're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila and Lynn. And we're talking about um, the fact that a survey found three in five Malaysians are afraid of losing their jobs. So we are asking you, um, have you ever been worried that you'd lose your job? What makes you feel more secure? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. We are getting a number of thoughts on this. So Cameron Nizam says, when I was young, I didn't really feel afraid about losing my job. But as I grow older, I'm entering my 50s. I do, because I don't think company will hire, companies will hire oldies much anymore. Um, given my current position and job title, opp- opportunities will be scarce anyway. Uh, I need to hook on those sock met jobs, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I think, um, I mean, I'm in, uh, I just entered my 40s. I often have this fear as well that um, I will increasingly become irrelevant and i think that's that's quite a daunting thing to think about well i I think the other thing that often happens and and i'm just going to hook on the other part of uh, cameron nizam's message not so much about the age but more to do about so i think seniority as Mm. anybody who has progressed in their career will understand can sometimes start to feel a little bit like a burden because uh, on the one hand you are of course bringing in all the all the benefits that seniority has, but you're also coming in with a certain amount of expectations, uh, of baggage in terms of, well, I really do need a certain amount in order to sustain my life um, because I have in the course of adulthood taken on insurance and loans and, and all these other things that require payment. So I think seniority is is one aspect that I think is a, actually a very interesting element of this conversation. The other thing is job title. So what I'm curious curious about is how many of us um, how many of us practice the advice that is often given to fresh grads which is to assess a job for what skills it can give you um, because very often we think about things um, not very often, but I'm not sure that we always think about jobs in those terms. And so sometimes when you sit down to update your CV and you look at what the 15 or 20 years in this one company has given you, sometimes those skills can be difficult to quantify. And then again, you feel a bit adrift. Oh, I um, I completely agree. I think, um, I think the notion of what does a job do for for me, becomes a little bit more difficult to assess the higher up the chain you go. The other thing, of course, uh, to Kamarun Nizam's point, is that in a lot of companies, there is a sense that there is a kind of lip service given to seniority, but on the other hand, they're not willing to pay what that seniority is worth. So often, younger talent is prized because they cost less, and that can be quite a dispiriting thing to experience. Isn't seniority also a a soft it's not a 
I'm trying to find the right word because I was going to say soft skill. But seniority is not a skill. But I think you understand what I mean. Mm. Seniority is, is a soft value in that there is clearly value. But again, if you're asked to quantify it in hard nuts and bolts terms, it doesn't always translate. Um, meanwhile, Ralph says, always save for a rainy day. Uh, first priority is to take care of our health and our family. If work is stressful, take five and recharge each time. That's good advice. Um, and I think that priority about health and family is something that's ever-present, right, for many people. When we talk about rainy day, often it's those things that people save for. Actually, I would like to return to the conversation that we had about Cameroon Nizam's message and extend that to thinking or, or talking about our jobs in terms of... So, security is one thing. Um, our question so far has been very focused on job security, how secure you feel in your job, or was there ever a time that you didn't feel secure? But I think the other thing that I'm thinking about is that the survey also highlighted that for a lot of people, very understandably, wages or salaries remain a top priority. And uh, I don't think we need to dissect that too much. That's very straightforward. The other thing I, I would like to know is when you think about your current job or when you think about changing jobs, how much value do you place on the skills that you acquire? I'm really curious about that because I think different industries also offer different measures of growth. Um, yeah, actually, I, I've i been in the same industry for a fair amount of time. It was when I switched over to BFM, in fact, that it presented the largest change for me. Uh, and certainly for me, it was very skills driven. Um, I wanted to learn about radio. I've always wanted to learn about an aspect of covering um, stories and media in a way that I hadn't had the opportunity to do before because I came from print journalism. Shavila, that's so interesting because I did not enter BFM thinking about skills at all. <laughs> and it's why I'm asking with such deep curiosity about others and how they think about jobs. Because um, I can't remember if I've spoken about this on air before. I think I've told you, though, that when I first joined BFM, which was donkeys years ago, um, it was very much driven by... I admired the company. I liked the sound of it. Um, I liked the shows. And I just, I remember thinking, and I think I even said in my cover letter that I just want to be part of the organization in whatever way I can contribute. I was a lot younger. And so the, the thinking there was, of course, that I would have a lot to learn. But I have never approached my job here, uh, either when I joined or since, from a, skill, from a skill acquisition point of view. And it's only now, mid-career, that I'm starting to realize maybe I did it wrong. <laughs> So, um, additional question for today's conversation. When you look for a job or when you move jobs, how much does the skills that you acquire impact that move? Um, you can call us, double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Uh, going back to that conversation about um, leaving a job, sorry, uh, worries about losing a job though, we do have this from um, Kelisa who says, Answering your question about whether I've ever been worried about losing a job, let me tell you a funny, silly story. Not long ago, I was on probation at this job I really wanted, and at one point I was really worried about not getting it. So what did I do? I made a nazar or a religious vow and pledged to fast for a week and donate some money to charity. I did end up passing my probation though, so thank goodness for that. I'm just a bit upset because I've recently developed a gastric problem this month and I'm struggling to finish up the remainder of the month, so now I have no idea how I'm going to complete that extra week outside of Ramadan. But oh well, just wanted to share, which I shared with the rest of my colleagues just yesterday. It's nice to be able to laugh at it now. That, that well, took me on a trip, I must say. Kalisa also added a 
haha at the end, which I think is is apt for this story. I mean, um, I, I think that this in some ways goes back to the anonymous message that we received right at the start of the show. Um, it's a different type of stress. We are still talking about stress. Um, in that case, it was somebody who had had a job, but was constantly worried about losing it. And in this case, it's somebody who wasn't who wasn't sure whether or not they were going to get a job. And I think, you know, you can boil that down really to a problem or a fear of uncertainty, which most people can relate to. Um, I also would like to say that going back to, I'm tying it all together, um, to that other message from Ralph, health ought to come first. I mean, I'm really sorry, Kalisa, that you've ended up uh, developing a gastric problem. I hope it doesn't have too much to do with the fast. Um but also, you know, just really, uh, and this leads to a conversation we're going to have later, how worries about your job not only have, I mean, have such wide ranging impacts, right, on your mental health, um, and then that could extend to physical health as well. Um, and so that's what we're really talking about today. Um, a survey found that three in five Malaysians are worried about losing their jobs. So we're asking you... Um, are you one of them? What makes you feel more secure in your job? Uh, but also a sub question, when you move jobs, when you apply for a job, um, do the skills you pick up matter to you? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Keep those thoughts coming. BFM eighty nine point nine. Banana from Malaysia. BFM. 89.9, The Business Station. It is 7.07. You're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila and Lynn. And we've been talking about, um, well, uh, a number of different things surrounding this idea of fears over losing one's job. We've been asking you, uh, have you ever been worried about it? But also what makes you feel more secure at a job? How do you prepare for a rainy day? You can call us, you can send us a voice note, you can WhatsApp us, you can tweet us. We do have some thoughts that have come in on this. We do. So um, let's start with uh, this from Didi, who says, Thank you for today's topic. I'm remembering the previous show on Tell Me About Yourself interview questions. Um, I wrote during that time that I've been on a slew of interviews for a new job since last December, and I thank the universe that I've had a new job since mid-March. But what led me in the first place to that search for interviews? Well, it wasn't me alone, but four other colleagues who were on the chopping block as the company was trimming the fat, so to speak. We were put on a performance acceleration audit for three months, uh, that's what management said, and there were certain criteria needed to pass. This was the worst nightmare any employee would endure because it signifies that the company is laying people off. Uh, this wasn't the first time that we have seen such a thing happen. Out of the five employees, including myself, who were put on that audit, only one employee managed to pass and maintain. While the rest of us four, we were already making plans by the end of the first month to move on and find new jobs because we wanted to be prepared upfront for the worst. At the very least, we leave with our dignity intact. The last few months haven't been great for our mental health, but the five of us established a group chat to get updates and also to support each other during that stressful period. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Um, it really does not sound pleasant or easy. Um, I will just say, though, that that idea to set up a, a WhatsApp support group of sort mm -hmm. really does make warm my heart. I, I think it's important to have people that you can talk to about it. It can also be deeply um, anxiety inducing and perhaps a lot of insecurity as well to discuss these things. So other people who are in the similar place as you would be really helpful. 
Uh, and congratulations, Didi, on your new position. Hope it's going well. Uh, meanwhile, Anon says, I work in investment banking. The first thing my boss told me when I joined was be prepared to lose this job anytime. It has been close to a decade. Thank God I haven't been laid off yet. But having this reminder at the back of my head makes me appreciate the job more, be more careful with my financial planning and always do my best at work. Wow, you know, um, Anon, I don't know whether I would be able to deal with that as as gracefully as you seem to have, because I think I would have so much worry about this notion that this job, you could lose it any time. So that's something that we're going to explore in our next uh, segment, right? This question of insecurity, change, re- just uncertainty and how different people deal with that. Because um, in some ways, if the job situation in a non's place really is that competitive and cutthroat, then it makes sense for their boss to say it up front because it also allows them to see very early on, well, is this a place for you? Because it may never get more pleasant. Mm, And I think similarly to jobs or industries, which may function largely on something like a year-to-year contract. And in fact, that contract is something that will be renegotiated every year. I think it's very fair to give your employee um, a realistic expectation in terms of what that actually means. Um, So, These are things that we will be looking at um, with our guest very shortly. We'll be joined by Dr. Anasuya Jagadevi Jagadeesan, Dean of Psychology and Social Sciences from the University of Cyberjaya. Uh, But do keep your thoughts coming. Um, Have you been worried about losing your job? What makes you feel more secure? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio and keep it here on Inside Story, BFM eighty nine point nine. Begin Fun Moments. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 7.12. You're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila and Lynn. And we are closing off our conversation about fears of job loss. This comes from a survey that indicated three in five Malaysians are afraid of losing their jobs. Um, And so we are now going to be talking about how that impacts you. how that impacts both your mental health as well as your ability to really make plans for the future. Uh, meanwhile, keep your thoughts coming. You can call us, you can send us a voice note, you can WhatsApp us, you can tweet us. Uh, joining us on the line is Dr. Anasuya Jagadevi Jagadeesan, Dean of Psychology and Social Sciences at the University of Cyberjaya. Anasuya, good to have you with us. Thank you for having me. So we've been discussing a report from Randstad about how three in five Malaysians are worried about losing their jobs. Talk to us about the toll of this fear of being unemployed and what that can do to your mental health. I mean, you 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 lose certainty. You lose the idea of where am I going to get my food? How am I supposed to pay for my car? You know, our car, insu- you know, we pay quite a lot for our cars, and you know, the, our cars are not cheap, and we have to pay for you know, we have to pay for the car, we have to pay for for rent. If we lose our jobs, those payments don't suddenly stop coming in; they still keep coming in. But without a salary to back it up, where does it go? So the fear of what happens when I lose my job is real. And it affects people quite deeply. People have been advised to always keep a savings of up to three months just in case things go wrong. But honestly, when you have children and when you have got a lot of people who depend on you, you know, that's not easy to keep three months separate because you have kids and you have got commitments. So it's hard. And how then do these worries play a role in the way we think of and plan for our long-term life plans? 
Unfortunately, in Asia, sometimes we don't have enough conversations within the family in terms of budget and budgeting and, you know, and what are we supposed to do with the money. Sometimes it's only the husband or the, the, main, um, the main person who earns money in the household who actually knows all the details of the household and, you know, knows what, how safe it is or not safe it is. And they don't, it's not shared because it's kind of a mini taboo to talk about money too much because, you know, you're supposed to be the man of the house or if you are the, you are the mother and you're earning, you're not supposed to share with your children, even though your children are teenagers, and maybe they could help. So the, the unfortunate thing in Malaysia is that the stress on the families are very high because conversations about money, about how do we manage money, how do we you know, understand money doesn't really happen. And in school, there's no course on you know, how do, what, what is a credit card? What happens when you get a credit card? What happens if you use your mom's credit card and you go online and you make a purchase? So we have had, you know, we, we do have cases where, you know, children and teenagers use their parents' credit card without realizing what kind of burden they're putting on their parents. So it is a continuous thing when it comes to, you know, losing, the, losing jobs, when it comes to this type of stress. We don't have enough discussions. We don't have enough planning. And that's, you know, for those who don't have that, then the stress can be really high when, especially if you are on contract then you're not on a full-time staff basis. Now, the survey also uh, found that some respondents have ended up quitting their jobs because of low wages. Others are thinking about resigning because of this. Now, these are all decisions that may impact a person's long-term life plans. From a psychological perspective, what do you think is the best way to approach this? What issues do you think need to be considered to prevent additional stress and worries? No, because for some people, when they quit and they change, they have a plan. So for them, it's a stress relief at that point in time. Um, they are, if somebody is quitting because, you know, it's an impulsive thought because of poor treatment or some blow up in the office, then that's a different story altogether. But if somebody is planning to quit, usually in Malaysia, we have a plan behind our head when we do that. People do have offers or they have an idea of where they're going to go. So that actually is stress relief. That's not actually, uh, you know, you get more stress because then even for a short period of time, you feel that, oh, okay, I'm going to have a change. I won't have the same stresses that I feel in my current job. It'll be better. We always have an idea that it'll be better and we're going to a more positive place. So that creates a more positive mindset, you know, which, is, which is not a necessarily a bad thing. If someone is forced to leave a job, it's different from when somebody is quitting. If somebody is quitting, usually they have a plan. Now, if they fail to plan, then you have to go back to Sanzu's uh, art of war. Then you're basically planning to fail. So as long as you're planning, then it's okay. But when, when you're fired, then you don't have time to plan. Then, then, it's a, then it's a scary thing because, unfortunately, in, in, I, know, I know cases of people who've been fired and people who have been given notice, uh, especially if the contracts are going to finish, and they, don't, they are not given the full notice. They are, you know, they are delayed, delayed. Oh, yeah, 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 we're going to renew contracts, and then contracts are not, delayed, not renewed, and they only have one month to find a job. You know, and that, that can be really stressful and really depressing. And all, all people have to do is hear stories like that in your company, and then it reduces the motivation of the whole company, or it could be sister companies, you know, and it, that, that has very negative impact on people's loyalty to the company, people's uh, hope for the future, people's trust. 
you know, those type of those type of um, mindset is affected very negatively. So when you do find yourself in that situation, then what tips might you have on staying clear-minded? The first one is you have, I mean, if you are in a space to have a security plan for yourself, so that means if somehow you've managed to have two, three months' salary kept aside, you know, or you know, some investments that you can liquidate, and in order to keep you afloat for a little period of time, that is good. If not, the way to keep yourself clear-minded is, you know, focus on what you can do and not on anger and trying to, you know. Um, trying to get, you know, you can, you of course you're angry. Of course you're upset at the job. Then sitting down and planning revenge, you know, revenge can be a, you know, it's best served cold sometimes. Sometimes the best revenge is living well. So instead of putting the thoughts on, oh, I'm so angry with these people, you know, just for, for channel that anger into finding, you know, your future and building a future and looking at it as, okay, Maybe there's something better, but it's hard. It's not easy. It's really depressing, and it's not. You need a pretty strong mind to do it. So at this point in time, honestly, family, prayer, community. You know, your your religious community, your 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 neighborhood community. It really does help if the community comes together and supports you at this point in time. Again, you know, if you stigmatize people for losing jobs, if when you, when people lose jobs and family and all go, oh God, you know, you're you know, what did you do wrong in the office? Now, that's something we need to stop because it's not like those days where, you know, you're only going to be let go if you did a bad job. Nowadays, you're let go because the company is restructuring, the company is cutting costs, and it doesn't matter how good a staff you are, there is a chance that if your company is restructuring or your company is, you know, is not fully in the black, then you might be let go no matter how good you are. And so, you know, that is really disheartening. And if the rest of the community, everybody out there, please don't stigmatize people who have lost their jobs, their family members, your friends. Okay, you know, you've lost your jobs. It's a short it's a short period of time. That's okay. You know, it's not about you. It's about the current economic situation and the situation in your industry. So if we reduce the stigma, that would be really helpful. Some people are able to adapt to changes quickly as they happen, while others struggle more with uh, facing the unknown. How can we learn to live with this uncertainty? Okay, when you talk about living with uncertainty, you're talking about developing resilience. Developing resilience is something that you can do, uh, you know, when you're not, you know, any time in your life you decide to go and get some support to learn, you know, how to look at life, not have such a negative point of view, to look at, you know, how I can develop my thinking, develop my, you know, uh, my problem-solving strategies. So these, there are a lot of different courses, a lot of different programs that allow people to help develop inner strength and understanding. And these, I think, are important, and they do help in the long run. So in some places, you know, you, you have got uh, organizations and NGOs that do support systems for free, and they are, of course, paid, so paid for support systems. And, you know, depending on what you can do, it, it, I would really encourage people to look for these courses to develop what is called resilience. And you, you develop resilience in good times. You develop resilience 
you know, in times when things seem to be going okay, I can manage, this is when it's time to look for this type of training. If you're already depressed, if you're in a really negative state, at that point in time for you to come out, then you're going to need counseling. Then it's not about training to develop resilience, that's to come out of depression before you get to, to a place where you can develop the skills to improve yourself. So there are two different ranges of you know self-improvement. One is I'm in the hole and I need to climb out of the hole, you know. And the other one is okay, I'm I'm up, I'm out of the hole, I'm here. Now how do I make sure I don't fall into this hole again? So, so yeah, and of course, family support systems, like I mentioned, those are critical. And from an employer's perspective, giving that sense of certainty to their employees can be challenging, especially with the changing landscapes and unpredictability of the job market, uh, particularly post-pandemic. What are other holistic measures they can take to give their employees some sense of security or assurance? I mean, one of the best things is, you know, let's not have so much contract staff work. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, it, there is a little bit of, uh, there is a little bit of comfort when it's not contract. But even if you are okay, you have your company on contract, then you know, HR needs to be on time to inform people. And if people know that, okay, I've got my contract is ending in two months or three months, and they will inform me in two months or three months, and they won't, they, you know, they're going to be honest. Then if I know my company is honest, then at least I have that much of assurance that I will have enough time to prepare myself. Because once other people in the company know that, oh, my company is, you know, will only give me one month notice, they're not going to introduce, they're not going to renew my contract and I've only got one month notice to do it, then, or less than one month in some cases, then fear sets in, uncertainty, distrust sets in. Uh, I mean, it, it goes back to some of the basic values of, if you want to have, if you want your staff to trust you, then you've got to be honest with your staff. So that's one. And the other one is, of course, if you're looking at, you know, uh, building resilience, then com- the company should have programs that help help client, help their staff build resilience and build a, you know, a more a, a slightly different mindset. This, of course, can be carried out by um, the employee uh, em- employee initiatives. You could also look at. Um, family planning, so where you know you sit down and actually create budget plans and allow staff to, you know, allow people to come in to help uh, with uh, finance and understand financial issues for all staff. One of the best things I did for myself is I actually had a financial planner when I was young, and it's just because I went for this uh, women. I went for a women's conference, and in the women's conference there was a speaker who was talking about finance, and it really gave me a better understanding of okay what is actually savings versus investment versus insurance and you know and understanding so that i don't kind of get told that oh it's an insurance plan i have to have this but then i'm overinsured so sometimes what a company can do is do these small talks or events that help the staff understand finance better and that would help them plan better and save better anasuya thank you for speaking with us today no problem. I hope that was helpful. That was. Thank you. That was Dr. Anasuya Jagadevi Jagadeesan, Dean of Psychology and Social Sciences at the University of Cyberjaya. Uh, do keep your thoughts coming. Uh, what makes you uh, feel more secure at a job? Have you ever been worried about losing him, losing one? You can call us. You can send us a voice note. You can WhatsApp us. You can tweet us. BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.